Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Folks and Friends, a podcast by Folks Finance. Here, we invite the brightest builders, creators, and thought leaders to talk blockchain, tech, finance, and everything in between. I'm your host, Ibu Karel. Let's learn something together. Assets discussed on Folks and Friends may be held by participants of the podcast. This podcast is purely educational and not intended as advice. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to Folks and Friends, Episode 1. I can't tell you how excited this is. Excited I am for this. Excuse me, I can't even get my words right. Um, We are here in the first episode of our new show, which is kind of like the old show, but just upgraded. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to Folks and Friends. My name is Ibu Karel. I'm your host here with my co-host, Benedetto Biondi, the CEO of Folks Finance. How are you doing, Ben? Hey, hey, I'm so excited as well. And uh, can I still be do some uh, stupid jokes sometime, or we need to be more serious here? No, no, jokes, jokes. Okay, good, good. So, guys, you know why Hebrew is so excited? Because uh, if you go on Spotify and check Folks and Friends, he was the one made doing the new beats. That's very sick. You should have a look. <laughs> yes, if uh so this podcast will be uh on all platforms. It'll be on Spotify, Apple, uh, I think Amazon as well. So, uh which is gonna be what's gonna be awesome is that if you come in late to the space or you just can't listen on Mondays, you can listen the whole week, you can listen at any time, download it to your phone. Uh these will be coming out on all platforms. So super excited for that, expanding the reach of what we can do. Uh, yes, I did make the beat for the intro, so if you listen to the podcast on uh, Spotify or something, you will hear that. That'll be pretty dope. Um, as you'll probably hear some, might switch it up every once in a while just for fun. Let's get into the actual show because I don't even want to waste any more time. Um, today, we have a super special guest who is Jess Chen, the new CMO of the Algorand Foundation. So this is super, super exciting. Uh, we're going to get into some awesome discussion with her. Can't wait to get into it. Before I let you say hi, Jess, and, and introduce yourself, let's just get everyone in this space. If you can, take the link at the top, post it on your page. Uh, let's see how many people we can get in here because we deserve a big audience for for our guest today. Uh, Jess, welcome to Folks and Friends. We are so honored to have you as our first guest uh, and how are you doing today? Great. It's great to be here. Um, super thanks. Super thank you for having me. It's an honor uh, to chat. Also, hi, Benedetto. It's so good to see you again. Uh, I'm really excited to dive in. Welcome, Jessica. It's a pleasure for us to having you here as the first guest of this new series. Yeah, this is going to be great. Um Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, so, Jess, you are you're new. Um, you're new to the Algorand uh, ecosystem. You're new to the Algo fam, and new to crypto. I guess in a professional sense, uh, I'm sure the first question I'm going to ask is, um, you know, how did you find yourself getting interested in Web three? 
in in the blockchain industry and what made you gravitate toward it as as a next step of your um, career path? Yeah, I think um, I think in a lot of ways, I would say blockchain in the space found me um, first. Um, I would say my and I, I know a lot of folks here may already know some of my my career background, but I I say that a lot of the principles and ethos of this space. Um, I experienced very heavily in my time at Nike. So I think Nike at the time was very much like a community, like community driven, um, like network driven, as well as in terms of like giving revenue share back to the creator. That conversation was was being had back like a decade ago, right? And 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 already in the ethos of of, of culture. And so for me, um, the principles of Web three have always been like a big part of how I think about one, marketing, and then two, just how the world needs to shift and, and really driving decentralization as well as just access um, for for all, especially those who normally do not have access. And so I think that that like the space of Web3 in general is that that idea of access and um, the opportunity to really scale, um, scale exchange and kind of go back to the original form of the internet um, is something I've always been passionate about. Now, what brought me to this moment in Algorand, I think people would say like, this is like a really rough time in the industry and, and joining at this time feels feels like, like are, are, am I crazy, right? But I, I would say the more I see, I'm actually so glad to be coming into a time when things are being cleared up, when there's an opportunity to really get clear of like, what what really will rise to the top is real world utility and, and really driving that conversation around like, um, we can actually like we can actually have the conversation we're supposed to be happy versus I think a lot of the riffraff um, and a lot of the um, the stuff that we're seeing is actually showing and proving out why we need truly decentralized ecosystems um, and, and Algorand being being one of the leaders there. So, yeah, that's kind of an early an early thought. Ivo, don't you feel Jess is like the superhero that came here to bring Algo to the moon? Uh, yeah, I do, but I also don't want to put too much pressure on her. So I just want to like not <laughs> mention that, but I can definitely say that a lot of the community did feel that way, especially when you did your first Twitter space and you kind of got announced and people saw your pedigree, your background. They're like, okay, she's the, she's the one who can bring Algorand out. Uh, you know, historically Algorand's marketing has been. Uh, criticized as its weakest point um everyone for you know the two and a half years that i've been involved in this community has kind of said that the tech is great it works fantastically but the marketing isn't up to par what did you see in algorand that drew you to the position here uh i don't know if you were entertaining you know other positions in other blockchains but what about Algorand specifically made you say this is an interesting project? So yeah, at the time, actually, Solana, Polygon, and Algorand—they were all hiring their 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 marketing leaders, um, and and it was it was really interesting. I, I thought it was fascinating that they're all you know all seeing this as like a very key lever um, to be looking at to, to move the needle um, and to grow in in a really like critical time. Um, I think for me, Algorand specifically, one was the executive team um, meeting them, the diversity that we have, both from like a, a thought background as well as just just like broad demographics. Um, nothing like it 
Um, and so I, I think meeting them, I was just like, this is a really unique group of people that really have such thoughtfulness of how to approach this space um, and and really drive um, a clarity um, in a way that, that we're really going to need. And people who are truly reliable have like deep sense of character integrity. And I was like, for me, that's I care a lot about who I work with and who I trust. Um, and then secondly, I would say it was the fact that I think in some of those spaces, a lot of the the roadmap has been defined. Um, and I, I like playing in white spaces and being able to define um, the destiny um, um, and also being able to to shape it. Um, and I think Algorand had a lot of amazing opportunity in white space where marketing really would be seen as that lever where, where we can move the dial. Um, and so I was really excited about that. I also just felt like the community was amazing. Um, everything I knew, and obviously the tech um, is like a no-brainer. And for me, like, again, only working for really strong tech companies, um, I, I really do care about that a lot. Um, so wanting something that I could stand on that was reliable, that wouldn't fail, uh, was really important to me. Um, somewhere that you wouldn't have that kind of compromise. And then I think finally, it was just like the idea of like, I felt like we were in a space where we we could be the ones that grow with grow with the community, grow with the projects, grow with the founders, grow with the devs, and really um, build that out. Felt like it was a really big opportunity to do as a, as a marketing, as a marketing person. Ben, Ben, you've been in the, in the ecosystem for a few years. Um, why do you think that Algorand's marketing has has suffered so far. Is it? I feel like personally, I'm I'm going to give you something to work with here. I feel like Algorand is kind of stuck between two minds. Whether they want to market to your you know your average crypto user or like a new user or you know huge institutions, um, it's always kind of felt like bouncing between those two options. What what do you think about the whole the whole thing? Like you know, having been here for a little while. Yeah, I had the pleasure to talk with Jess about this already a few times. And uh, um, specifically, I think that uh, we had the main problem, right? That puts uh, a lot of uh, investment on the long-term vision. But crypto is something very uh, aggressive. That means a lot of, uh, you know, hype on what's the hype of the moment, whether it could be NFT, whether it could be DeFi, whether it could be... Uh, something else, right? So uh, I think during the past years, we have always uh, tried to get to the long shot, right? Which is the institutional adoption, which is, uh, um, you know, also um, uh, banks uh, coming, uh, management coming also from institutions. Um, indeed, we lacked a lot of, uh, you know, web three cool stuff. That's what brings people to actually buy algo and, uh, you know, if algo grows in price, then you have more money to do more things. Um, so, I don't know, for example, uh, uh, was time that we was in conferences where Algorand was sponsoring, but we wouldn't see uh, much of effort from the team at the boot. So, you know, that's uh, sometime uh, was very painful to see. Uh, especially for builders like us that, uh, you know, invest efforts, time, and then you would uh, appreciate having the layer kind of embracing you and supporting you. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, there was some mistakes in the past. So I, but I'm confident that uh, I, I really like Jess and she's very hands-on and hardworking. So I think together with John Woods, that was definitely the best, uh, new hiring 
Yeah, John John is also an incredible public speaker. Um, you know, you see him all over the place. It seems like he does a Twitter space every day or some type of AMA. So, yeah, he's really been advocating. It's been great to have him since about last summer. Um, Jess, what do you think is the biggest selling point of Algorand right now? And the second part of the question is, who do, who do you sell that to? Like, biggest selling point, and then what's the target market that you're kind of maybe analyzing in, in these early weeks of you being uh, on the team? Yeah, it's a good question and one that I think is has evolved, you know, in, in since I've come. Uh, but I, I do think a lot of it actually stays true to something I said when I first came in, which is audience matching the the right the right message to, at the right time to the right audience, right? And so when I think about it, I think a lot about for us there are there are, there are multiple unique selling points that that Algorand just hasn't really like put out there just yet, and all of those speak differently to different audiences. So I'll give like, I think for me, obviously like devs, doubling down on devs is so crucial for us. And and that is like a story that we need to just keep doing and hammering out. And I think for us, it's like what type of devs, right? Devs that are the experienced ones, the ones who, and this is both web two and web three, the ones who are willing to look under the hood, the ones who are not, uh, the ones who are, who want to look under the hood, care a lot about the product, want to, once they like it, they'll stay. And I think those are the types of devs that, you know, have a certain pride to them. And what they want to see and understand is like things about about the ease of use, things about um, of of how like how again how how superior this is from a reliability standpoint that they're not going to build something that all of a sudden just goes away. Um, also, the fact that the reality that like you have the right education, the right community, and and those that that, that they will not go at it alone. You know that the algorithm's here to come alongside them and make sure that they have everything that they need to be on this this journey. Right, and that we have these steps planned out for them, that they can succeed here. So I, I think th- that for me, like that type of messaging for this particular audience, is what what it needs to be about. Um, and then I think about like enterprise level, right? And I and I'll I'll drop here that you know I've had a few really good conversations thus far with some 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 names, you know, and some friends. Um, and and I think what they've been really enjoying is the the idea that you know, Algorand one that sustainability, like I know that sustainability one has been like, you know, we've used that a lot, but I think it's, it's a multifold, right? It's, it's the idea that Algorand is a place for access, right? Algorand is a place for like, um, where you're going to find where culture meets technology meets, meets sustainability meets reliability and scalability, right? We're solving real world problems at scale is what's happening here. Um, and, and that they, they want a technology partner that they can, they can really trust to be able to have scale transactions at a certain speed, at a certain finality, um, and a certain reliability um, that they that they want if they want to bring in their you know one billion audience members too, and so that story is one that I feel like only Algorand really where you have no compromise, and that that story is really where 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 it comes true, right? And so I think those are two very base examples, but that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah, I definitely I definitely hear what you're saying. I I want to maybe put a counterpoint out there which is that the compromise with Algorand is that it's not connected to the rest of the blockchain ecosystem so everything else is incredible you know technology incredible finality and transactions per second and all those things that an enterprise might want except that it's not in the e- ecosystem and so that's a huge detriment to maybe to what seems like a, a selling point of the chain 
Ben, so what do you think about that? Like, you know, Algorand's, the, the benefits of Algorand, but then it also being disconnected from many other blockchains. Like, how, how does that make it difficult as a, as a builder? Um, yeah, I mean, they're difficult for some reason because uh, obviously, uh, for example, for us being uh, DeFi rights and being of innovators in DeFi, nevertheless, if uh, the product can be better than uh, other DeFi app in the sector and in general in other ecosystem, and uh, indeed trying to outreach uh, users from other ecosystems is tricky because Algorand community is very niche, but niche in a good way, because um, the Algorand community is this community that is here for the technology, is not here because of the hype behind the, the token. Uh, it's not here because uh, there are incentives in DeFi. We are here because we believe in the technology and we believe it's going to make it in, uh, in the long term, uh, as just said, like for really changing the world. So um, uh, that's kind of difficult from our side because uh, obviously you want to grow, you want to grow in numbers, but um, for that to happen, we need to have Algorand growing as well. So that's the limit. So you're, you're talking about, you know, hype cycles, even, uh, you know, major partnerships, even things like volume, of course, of transactions and even the token price, you know, being uh, arbitrary as it is, it still can bring people in. Like, Jess, even though Algorand is, uh, everyone in the crypto industry, if they know Algorand, they know they know it to be fast, effective, um, but they still don't gravitate toward it. Why do you think Algorand hasn't seen any real explosive growth despite its technical excellence, strong DeFi, and vibrant NFT scene. And I, I definitely want to first respond to like, I think, I think Benedetto, I think you, you and I are on very similar pages um, first off on um, not being part of the broader ecosystem. And I think, I mean, I don't know if anyone was, is that ETH Denver? Uh, but for those who are, you know, we put out a, a really nice billboard. I don't know if you saw, but it specifically says, and this is just like very early testing, right? It says Algorand Handshake EVM. And and that is, again, combat. Yeah, I think that's combating a narrative that, like, we are completely, you know, unbridged in any way, that there's, like, no connection point. And I will say that, like, from a technological roadmap, like, there is, we're going to continue to get, to make sure that we have those inroads and, and on-ramps, as well as, um, I would say that we already have, like, we already have existing, existing, connections too and i think that that only needs to grow right just because of tapping into the existing base there now speaking to your question around uh why we haven't um i i mean i i think there's a lot of there's probably a lot of reasons and again like i'm i'm new here so i i will not speak to like predecessors moves that led us to this moment specifically um i i will say like broadly speaking though the industry is still like very very nascent like that when i look at the numbers of like how many devs like web3 devs there really are when i look at the numbers of like like how many users are really talking about across like this it is so it, it is not like the like these are not numbers that 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 the larger tech world would would be able to blink an eye to so i, I think we're still so early that 
um, it's still such it's still an opportunity for anyone's game. And so I think where Algorand specifically um, has needs needs work on is definitely like you know just larger brand recognition. Um, people people go to places where they've heard your name, right? The people are willing to to go when they hear like there's something going on. And so there's a broader narrative I think that hasn't been stewarded enough um, around like being part of the cultural conversation and just being like, oh, like I mean, I think the moment that Polygon did that Starbucks thing, even though yes, they paid X million dollars to get that, um, was smart because you put your name against a household name, and that just drives again a different. Even though your tech may not be as good, all the other things tied to it. It brings a, a level of like credibility and recognition that we have not had yet. Um, uh, but basically, I mean, what was amazing about this was that I realized that a lot of the other projects that were speaking around like how they were building Algorand, at least two of the use cases were were real estate, and um, and they were hu- like some of them are huge, like huge companies with like huge founders, like kind of tied to them. Um, and I was just really surprised. And I was like, I actually went up to one of them and I asked, I was like, so why, why are you like, why did you choose Algorand? Um, and one of the things they said to me was like, did you know that Algorand is the only one that you can read, like the only technology platform you can read key on? Um, and I was like, oh, I, I actually didn't know that. Um, and, and then they started talking about like the scale transactions, the level of like stability that they needed um, for what they were doing with, with real estate. Like you just cannot, you cannot fail. Right. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's super interesting that like in this industry, there's like some real world use cases that that only Algorand could really could really be about. Again, I'm not saying like we are a real estate blockchain in any way, but I think like my overall statement was just like, I think ultimately, whether it be in finance, whether it be in like, again, like in entertainment, in in gaming, in uh, real estate, prop tech, right? All like all of these um, in general, we need to just make sure that we are providing the most value for the end user with with utility in mind. Um, and that it is something that, again, Algorand can shine. Um, and and that that's, those are the stories we need to be telling. And then we can curate those partnerships against those different media um, segments that really do care. Again, the ones that really care about finance, the ones that really care about culture, the ones that really care about X, Y, Z, right? So that that's how I think about it. But again, I, I said early on, this is a personal take. This does not represent the rest of uh, the foundation. Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. It, the technology is open enough and applicable enough that you can have different verticals, um, you know, to, to attack in a certain way. You can have the sports side, the music side, the finance side, the, you know, every, anything in between. I wanted to ask about some partnerships. You brought it up. You may not have amazing answers because you're still new, but during the bear market, we've seen some significant partnership deals done between Web2 and Web3 companies. Uh, recently, we saw Anchor uh, partner with Microsoft. We saw uh, Optimism partner with Coinbase. We, Like you said, we saw Polygon partner with Starbucks. A lot of people thought or continue to hold the, the belief that Algorand should or could have been the the blockchain selected for a lot of these partnerships because of its technical capabilities why do you think so far that algorand hasn't been selected for these opportunities or are we even in the running for these opportunities is our hat in the ring are we focused on different things yeah i know i think all the partnerships you just listed are incredibly different so i think that's just one to be really clear about right like that's like the starbucks partnership one is a paid for sponsorship 
by Polygon to, to Starbucks. That's one. Um, and then you have ones that are they're technical, right? So, I mean, the Avalanche AWS one, um, I think the other one that you mentioned as well, like those are all like technical integrations where honestly, it's us yeah. for them to be a validator for us. Um, and so that, again, very, very different uh, versus something where they're actually like building on chain for XYZ reasons. Um, so that, that's something that's incredibly important because this conversation needs to be shown that like, we are looking at all like all three types of partnerships, right? And strategically, I think for me, especially since I came in, it's like, what is that playbook, right? And there's there's a few playbooks here that I think are really important to think about. One is that technical playbook. We are 100% looking at that. Like that is like very top of mind for me and radar, from, a, from a radar perspective. Um, and, and those conversations are being had. Um, and so I think those those ones honestly are not like true partnerships in any respect beyond the fact that you know like we're just we're using them as a validator in some ways that already exists for us i think we just haven't talked about it right in the right way so that there, there's just like very simple work to be done there um and then secondly is around like where are the ones that we can flex from a channel strategy perspective right so what are like really important partnerships that we need and i will say this i don't think we fully have set up yet which needs to be done which is like who are some partners that can be the ones to refer people who are already looking to build on a particular but they're they're in that decision making criteria of like who do i build on i already have an idea i need to know who i build on we we need to have some channel and that this is i'm actively you know with a few other folks like actually looking at like who are those channel partners to really get that for us um and to, so that they can refer when people are at that decision making point so there's a lot of consulting practices that do that um and then you have ones that are like who are the ones that we want to go after because we feel like they will move the needle in terms of that brand level conversation or that level of partnership that would would move the needle for us, right? And those are ones that we we need to be very targeted, very specific, um, and then go in with like, and they might be ones who are like, we don't know enough about Web3. We have some thoughts, but would love a more deeper partnership on. And that might take a little bit longer. And so that that's the third one that, that again, from a brand perspective, I'm also, you know, really endeavoring on as well. But it's definitely a full-on playbook, um, and I definitely have some strong thoughts on. Um, one thing I'll say to this group is that, again, I think this is a moment where the community needs to come together and be like all voices and champions, right, for for the Algorand ecosystem, for the Algorand tech. And anytime that we get like referrals, like honestly, I want to tap the, the, the community to be like advocates, you know, for us and also also for themselves, for them to refer like potential opportunities to build on algorithms so that we all can grow and we can all rise. Um, but I think there's like a criteria set of of the ones that really would be most likely to build um on chain. So those are those are some thoughts. Very interesting thoughts. Um I kind of I want to ask you some more questions, but we also have community questions. I'm gonna ask you one more of my own questions and then jump to some com some community questions. What is the perception? of the crypto industry in Silicon Valley and the Bay Area. Like, I've heard that people in that area, in the investor class, in the builder class, in the large company class, are becoming maybe less interested in the in the blockchain industry. Maybe they were hyped up by it in 2021, 2022, and that's come down. But is that wrong? You know, from being living in that area being involved in that world what do people think of this world yeah um and i can definitely share because i've i've spoken at a few things here um there is still a very vibrant community who is 
who I think is just like very, very bullish on this entire space. I think what is happening is that there is a disillusionment, I would say, like that is real um, in terms of the hype. Um, and also, I think in, in more and it's similar to like broader tech, right, and openness to like, like regulation, um, and also looking for uh, just, just seeing the ones who will rise to the top. Now, now, what I will say was that um, I think ever more than ever, though, the idea of like actually focusing on real world use cases in the tech, that has been the primary conversation that's risen to the top. Um, I, I will say that momentum has not slowed. Like the number of builders, the number of those who are like, who really do want to explore and like dream up in this space, um, those numbers haven't gone down. But I think it's just really that they really just want to focus on building. Um, and, and that's the sen- sentiment from the community. And, and we're still seeing like some amazing things spread out, like a bunch of like w- amazing working co-working spaces for for different folks are here. And like, um, I think there's a lot of like on the ground momentum. I do think that um, some of the VCs may be a little burnt. Um, and so I think there's they're probably like relooking at how they how they think about it. But again, I think it just kind of opens up the opportunity for us to have some some good conversations now than um, starting now. So things haven't slowed down. I mean, that's a great thing to hear. Uh, let's get into some community questions here. This one's from Average Zen. He says, broadly speaking, in the near future, can we expect to see more mainstream television and or digital streaming advertising for Algorand? What about a Stacy network press appearance schedule to organize the community-driven engagement with awareness and views? Oh, I like that. I like that thinking. Um we are a hundred percent one on the Stacy side, and just John, John's side. Um, my dream is to make him like our Johnny Ives of Apple. But basically, um, the goal is to get executives a lot more out there. Um, and so the coming months, yes, like, and I think it's interesting to hear you say um, to talk about getting the community activated there as well in terms of letting you guys know the schedule. I think that's definitely something that we can look at. Um, and then on the first front. Um, I think I care. I think we deeply care about every dollar that is spent to have significant ROI and impact. And so, broad-based like TV streaming, um, I don't know if again, like if you just put out TV streaming for the front end of Algorand, and there's not a very clear funnel in that will actually prove out, like bring in the right audiences we need, it may not be the most use of your marketing dollars. So yes, that is going to happen. I don't think it's going to be priority for the immediate now um i love doing tv and digital and like that's definitely my my world um i think we need to get a few things in order before we really start doubling down because that spend is actually big right and you want the funnel to be clean so that there's no drop-offs um if you start opening that that funnel at the very top um so so we're not going to see the algorand super bowl ad next year i would give a give us two years Give us two years, but definitely we'll be doing a Super Bowl in the next few years. But I don't, I don't know about the immediate one. Is are you being for real or are you just joking? Uh let's just let's just say let's let's just say it's it's on it's in my mind. <laughs> oh, it's it, I'm sure it's in every advertiser's mind to get a Super Bowl ad for sure. Do you think Super Bowl ads are worth it? Uh, uh it depends again how you think about it, right? I I think they're rarely worth it. Unless you, you're really, really strategic about how you play it up. And I think there's, I can name like on my hand, the number ones that were actually like 
meaningful that actually drove the kind of results that people were hoping for or looking for that would get you investment of like tens of millions, um, make it worth it. There's very few. So you got, that's why I said like you need time to build up to that moment. Do you remember the the Coinbase ad from two years ago? That was just the QR yep. code bouncing around. Yep. Yep. That's one of the best. Yep. Ever. Yep. I wasn't gonna name I wasn't gonna name any because I didn't I didn't want to. Um that one was extraordinary and good. I also know the people who did it. Um and they weren't they were actually like they weren't even gonna do it until they were forced to, um, in some ways. So um I yeah, that that one that one was a really great example again of a funnel, right? Both top and bottom that was ready to 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 make it worth their buck investment so but yeah and yeah it's a good one yeah insane i mean zero dollars spent on production value and i think it crashed the website so pretty insane um any updates on the fifa partnership and marketing strategy that comes from oyster pack yeah i won't speak too heavily in it because we're actually in conversations now um we are i think again like there's some really big opportunities to really tap in there um we are yeah i i won't that one i won't i won't be able to speak too much into um but yeah it's it's i would say those are ongoing conversations that are being had right now okay uh last community question why not following anyone <laughs> whoever asked that uh crypto leak him yeah crypto leak him i think i think for me i just i I'm the one thing I, re- I realized, like, you know, John, Stacey, they all have like great, great, you know, they have their own like perspective on how, how they do their handles. I think for me, I just really feel like I want to be that like unbiased voice um, in this space. Um, and so for now, at least for now, uh, kind of holding back. Right. And and really, really allowing it to just like kind of seep in before really making any choices of who I follow and, and what whatnot um because i feel like again who you choose to follow can can show where you know where your alliance is like etc so i just want to be as unbiased as possible for now what about nft profile picture <laughs> that's coming yeah true. that's coming that's coming yes um i actually totally understand that because on this page i'll go hq before i was working for folks finance i was making videos and back when i started there was nowhere to get good news about Algorand besides the Algorand page and the Algorand Foundation page. So I only followed those two pages and I only kept following them for like, that was only two pages I followed for like two years. And then the the community had grown enough that I was like, well, I get a lot of information from various other people now so I can start to follow other people. But I definitely think that you should follow folks finance as you first follow. Just saying, I think you'd be pretty dope. Fair plug, fair plug, fair plug. Um, I got to drop it in there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, I've got to drop, but I, I do want to say to this particular group, again, like as a community, if you feel like you have something really meaningful in terms of a connection or relationship that you're like, this really could move the needle for Agran, like always, always, you know, always down um, to kind of hear that. So I'm um, just really, really excited, um, really excited about these conversations and, and very, very um looking forward to any more more of these conversations um and also a lot of the actions that will be will be taken together on this journey oh it's gonna be absolutely incredible i cannot wait to see the impact you have uh you know over the next couple months you know through this year and beyond uh i I know you gotta go so i want to say to everyone thank you so much for coming to this episode of folks and friends episode one if you missed any of it 
It will be on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I believe Amazon as well. And of course, YouTube. We'll post a link to that on our social media probably tomorrow or whenever those get uploaded. I want to say, Jess, thank you so much for coming and spending an hour with us. No, happy to. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, people, for moderating. So great. And thanks to the audience for being here. Yeah. Uh, ben, any last words? Uh, no, I think we are on good. It was a great space, and uh, I'm uh, looking for the next one. <laughs> you know I am, too. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week. Keep an eye on our social media. Go follow Jess's Twitter. Follow Folks Finance Twitter. Um, keep updated with what everyone is doing. I will see you next time. Bye.